yes, yes, back again, No Chase Film Society, the podcast, welcome, 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 welcome to this, uh, another hour and some change of conversation dedicated to the films that we know and love, and the conversation and debate that's uh, inspired by them. Once again, we're joined by the OTS head honcho, uh, the facilitator of this platform that we rocking with right now. What's good, D? My guy, what's going on, bro? What's happening with you, brother? Nothing much, man. Nothing much. Just living the dream. Living the dream. Yes, sir. I feel you, man. I feel you. Um, I think we got a good one lined up today, man. Oh yeah. Got a good one lined up. As y'all can see, the uh feature presentation that we'll be talking about today is the 2010. So we caught this one right at the beginning of the decade. Oh, yeah. Uh, the 2010 Shutter Island. This is um, Derek's selection for us today. So we're going to be getting into that a little bit later on. But like we normally do around this time, we're going to chop it up and compare some notes with, with Derek and just kind of go over some things in the world of cinema that, uh, that we find interesting. So... Um, I got a couple things, Derek. Uh, did you? But let me first off and ask you, as we normally do, have you seen anything new in the last couple of days since we last talked? Uh, yeah. Um, actually, I watched um, Aladdin. Have you seen that? The one with Will Smith, right? Will Smith is genie. Yeah. No, I haven't. I didn't catch that one yet. Yeah, that's. Um, I think that's on um, Disney Plus. Um, okay. That was actually very interesting. They, um, I will say that they did what I was hoping that Lion King would have done, which was follow the script, but make it your own. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, Lion King went almost like frame by frame. It was beautiful, but it was basically like frame by frame, mm -hmm. um, which I, that part of it, I didn't like. Um, Aladdin I think they did it I think they did a really good job with it um I will say the only thing that pretty much distracted me with that film was uh Will Smith uh actually singing um a blue a blue Will Smith singing <laughs> that's worth the price of admission right there a blue Will Smith and a black Will Smith singer it was it was they it was, alternated between blue and black Will yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah i um you know what i think to me they kind of at first i was thinking it was just going to be like like overkill with will smith as a genie mm -hmm. they it was actually well balanced and okay. i'm i'm not sure if i have a bias toward robin williams uh as a genie versus will smith um so that might be part of it, but I think I think Will did a good job. Um, I can see with them doing a, you know doing a sequel to it, but that mm -hmm. was that was a good one. That was a good one. They they did a really good job with it. I know a lot of people. Um, I've I've read some reviews about it. People saying that they did they just didn't like it. And that's that sort of the thing. But um, I actually enjoyed it. I actually enjoyed okay. it. It kind of, it kind of brought me back to 
childhood um with the songs and stuff like that but like I get like I said they they made it their own film it wasn't strictly frame by frame you know they followed the storyline right. but it was they 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 went into different elements of the characters themselves like I think they did a right. phenomenal job with Jafar actually um okay. I think they actually made him um they 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 did a deep dive with him a little bit that that made it made me you know real realize what the character certain elements of of his characteristics and personality what they actually were mm-hmm. and I I actually mm-hmm. like that um, same thing with Aladdin and uh, Jasmine so I think they did a, a great job with that that I I will if they right. come out with a sequel I'll, I'll go see it so you recommend this one I recommend it yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, especially for that. I'm gonna get around to that. Yeah. Do I'm you have? Get around that. I not, do you have Disney Plus? No, I'm, I don't. I don't. I, I've been debating on whether I want to get it because uh, a lot of people don't know I have a three year old, mm-hmm. so um, I can definitely find some use of, on it. Yeah. But I I haven't really made. I mean, I got so many streaming services that I'm balancing right now, man. Yeah. I. I I'm not really that excited about adding another one to it, yeah. but being that I have a kid in the house, you know, it, it definitely, uh, it, it definitely is prudent to, to probably look into it. So, yeah, she would enjoy it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And uh, Aladdin is on Disney Plus. Yeah, it is. This one. Okay. Yeah. All right. Cool. All yeah. right. Definitely. Yeah. Plus, they 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 actually package it, um, where you can get Disney Plus. Hulu and ESPN Plus all for twelve ninety nine. Okay. Yeah, Disney Plus by itself, I think it's like eight dollars or something like that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm I'm gonna have to look into that. Uh. Well, me myself, I saw the movie Traffic. I did uh, catch that. There's this movie called Traffic, starring. That was a sex trafficking one. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I did see that one. Omar Epps, uh, Paula Patton. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> that was my same reaction. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Paula Patton leaves a lot to be desired. You yes. know, yes. she, she, she's a, she's a, she's a, she's a very pretty lady. Mm-hmm. Um, so she, she's not hard on the eyes or anything like that, but her acting is just, it's just wood, man. You know, it's, yeah. In a weak script, not a very good script. That was my dilemma with it. The script was horrible. Yeah, it, it wasn't a very good script at all. Yeah. So, yeah, not not, not much there with that one. Um, I, I did see, a, I did catch up on an old movie, though. I did catch up on an old one. Okay. That came out in 1991, I think, and I had I was you know sometimes you sit and think about old movies that you that you watched as a kid mm-hmm. and stuff that you saw you know as a kid, and um, I remember this movie called The Super that came out in 1991. The Super. It's The Super. It starred Joe Pesci. That's actually going to be a movie we talk about next week. Just okay. to put it out there. Okay. Uh, that's one of the ones I want to talk about next week. So I don't want to talk about too much mm-hmm. uh, about it today, but I did catch it this week 
And I'm going to tell you, man, um, I enjoyed that movie at 10, and I really enjoyed it even much now, just as much now. Um, it was um, a movie about uh, Joe Pesci being a super, he's a superintendent over a building, mm. and he, he's pretty much managing uh, a building, a tenement, a rundown, disgusting, just dilapidated tenement that's being occupied by pretty much brown people, black and brown people, uh, black people and black, uh, Puerto Ricans. Mm-hmm. And just how he was this, 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 this massive racist. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 you know, so I, I'll just leave it at that. Uh, okay. I want, I want to put people on notice that we're going to talk about that next week, but I did uh, see it. That was one of the ones I caught this week. I enjoyed it just as much today as I did when I first saw it as a kid it's one of those movies that held up to me. It's definitely not one of Joe Pesci's, Joe Pesci's most popular movies. Okay. And it wasn't the most uh, well-received movie at the time. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's just one of those movies that, that just stick with you. Even though it's not a popular movie, it's just one of those movies that stick with you. And it, that, that's one of the ones that did. So, yeah, okay. the, Super, the Super is one I saw. So check that out, man, because we want to talk about that real soon. Okay, I'll definitely do that. Um... A little news I wanted to break down with you, man. You know, a couple of couple of things going on in the in the world of movies. Yes, sir. I wanted to break down with you and kind of get your get your your feedback on. Uh, I wanted to, I do want to do this. I do want to do this. I want to revisit that Kevin Hart conversation that we had. Okay. Just for a minute. Okay. Because when I when I went back and listened to the show that we did, mm-hmm. and even when I thought about it after the show. I, I really do believe I, I was a little uh, imbalanced and a little hard on Kevin Hart as far as my criticism of him. Okay. Um, so I want to put a little balance on that. Now, I will say this. I did not enjoy the docuseries. I, I'm not going to change my view on that. I do think <laughs> the docuseries was a real, nothing but a big fancy promo piece, you know, a glossy po- promo piece uh-huh. for the Kevin Hart brand. Uh-huh. Um which is okay. I'm not knocking that, but it didn't serve a purpose to me. A documentary is supposed to serve, you know? Right. Um, I think it was a lot of Kevin Hart promo attached to the, to the docuseries. It was pretty underwhelming. I didn't learn much about Kevin Hart, um, that I didn't already know. And I Mm -hmm. was rubbed the wrong way by the depiction of his father. I stand on all of that. Right. Right. However, I will say that, the criticism that I have for Kevin Hart really pales in comparison to the respect I have for him for being as hardworking as he is. Right. I can't, I can't take that from him. And I think you did mention that a little bit on, on your end of the show mm-hmm. when you were talking about that Kevin Hart is a hard worker. And when you see that docuseries, you, you do walk away with that, that he's not a lazy dude. Not he does all. invest a lot in his craft. He does invest a lot in what he does. Um, even in the film game, even though the movies are, are not that good, mm-hmm. I still stand on that. I still think Kevin Hart's uh, movie persona and just what he brings to screen is kind of redundant. Mm-hmm. And um, it, he, he's pretty one note when it comes to Kevin Hart, the movie guy, even though I did not see the film that was supposed to be a break for him uh, from that, which is um, The Upside, I believe it is, the one that with Brian. Was, that, was a, that was another movie that's actually on my list. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I didn't see that. Yeah. I and I do understand a lot of people that have saw it. 
that that was a different type of Kevin Hart. So mm-hmm. maybe I'll reserve a little judgment. But everything I've seen of Kevin Hart so far does not inspire me to look for, for Kevin Hart movies in the future. But that's not why I'm here. <laughs> that's not why I'm doing this. <laughs> why I'm doing is is basically uh, putting some balance on the criticism that I have because I don't think it was really balanced when I talked about him last week. Kevin Hart is one of the hardest working comedians in the game. Um, I do respect how he has his own crew and he does make an initiative because a lot of comedians don't even make an initiative. A lot of people in general, uh, particularly black actors and people in black people in entertainment don't really even make an initiative to really give back to the people, you know, that, that they came up with. So I give a lot of respect for, to Kevin Hart for that. And I give a lot of respect for Kevin Hart to Kevin Hart for, for being just hardworking um, and at least in, in showing us and giving young comics and young entertainers an example of how to invest in your craft. He deserves some respect for that, you know? Yeah. So I just, I just felt, you know, in my conscience, I had to, to put that out there a little bit because I don't want to just bash anybody for the sake of bashing anybody. Um, I don't really want to bash anybody, but I just want to give honest criticism. That's what this show is for, you right. know, is to give honest criticism on uh, film and film culture and particularly uh, our people, you know, as, as they engage and, and try to build something uh, in Hollywood. So, No, I agree with that. I agree I, with that. I'll, leave that, I'll leave that to you if you want to add something to that. No, I... Um... I, I actually watched this um, interview um, that the Plastic Cup Boys did probably like a mm-hmm. few days ago. Um, have you ever seen that uh, Mike and Donnie show on Fox? Which one now? I think it's called the Mike and Donnie show. That's through Black Fox, right? Black, yeah. Black Fox is trying to compete with BET and shit. Yeah, yeah. Fox Soul. And I'm not... so bizarre to I'm not liking what I'm seeing with that. <laughs> well, well, one thing that you mentioned that I just want to throw one one criticism out there because I'm good for criticism. Yeah, as yeah, y'all yeah, know. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, why is every damn show purple? Every I, damn that, show, bro, has that the is, same set. I'm trying to figure that out. I don't, I don't the- know what purple has to do with black people. <laughs> I don't know what the what the you know draw to that is. Uh, what the hell is that? Like, I don't why, know. why does every damn show have the same uh, color scheme? I don't. I have no clue. And, and 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 it's so bright too. It's not even like subtle. Exactly. It looks like a damn game show. Yeah. Like, everything <laughs> looks like a game show. Like, what the fuck is this? And then it's Fox Soul. And you know something about that shit? They're not very transparent that that's a Fox product, even though the yes. font looks like Fox. Yes. The Fox. The typical Fox shit. I went on the website. I'm looking at this shit. I'm trying to feel. Okay, is this owned by by Fox or Disney or whoever the owns whoever the hell owns Fox now? See, is this I don't owned know. By because I, I believe it is. I'm starting to believe it is because I'm seeing a lot of Fox uh, TV shows advertised for Fox Soul now. See, my thing but is, there's still nothing that really says that this is a Fox product. Not at all, and and it's weird because. So I have the the name of it. I think is kind of like throwing me off too. Like Fox Soul. I did, I had never even heard of it to be honest until I I, I saw like a, a an interview that Jamel Hill did on there. Um, so I didn't even know that they were coming out with their own streaming service yeah. and stuff like that. Um, 
Negro Fox. Negro yeah. Fox, yeah. I, 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 does that not feel weird to you? Feels very weird. Like, like, uh, uh, you have to have this uh, black channel, you know, just so you can say, "Hey, our like black Republicans or something like that can come watch our our product and feel comfortable." It's weird. It's, it, I don't know how to. I really don't know how to feel about this outside of just kind of like feeling like. How do you watch it? Is it an app you download? I think to it watch is. It? I, I'm like I'm looking at it right now. It does like there's an app. Um. But yeah, I had never even heard of it. I didn't even know it was a streaming service. But yeah, it's a streaming service that targets uh, African American viewer viewers. I I don't know. Yeah, Black Fox. Black that's, Fox. That's what it looks like. Fox I, Soul. Yeah, which. I feel some type of way about that. Something that's a throwback to the damn seventies. Yeah, yeah. It's just weird. I feel some type of way about that, but um. But you were saying though. Uh yeah, the Plastic Cup Boys were on there, Mm -hmm. and um, uh, one of the guys, I think his name is Nahim, he Mm -hmm. uh was actually trying to give uh more shed light on that whole argument between Kevin Hart and um, and his trainer. trainer boss. Mm-hmm. Um, which if if this part of it did get cut out of the docu series, then I can say okay a little bit. I can understand where Kevin may have been coming from. Um, but I still don't excuse that whole thing because it did. It still it still felt very weird for a friend to do that to someone that he called a friend. Um, but he was saying that uh. Kevin, the part that got cut out, when Kevin was talking about asking him, like, would you be okay if all this ended? Um, he said that that um, the part that got cut out was Kevin said, I know if all my stuff got cut off, everything I was working on with everything, like, I wouldn't be okay. So would you be okay if all of your businesses got cut off? Um, I don't know how, you know, like that kind of softens the blow to me a little bit because he even alluded to Kevin saying, um, you know, fuck me. I'm not talking about me. Like Mm -hmm. you working for me. Everything that you're working on if everything that you you did got cut off, would you be okay with it? Mm-hmm. So that kind of shed you know shed a little light on it for me, um, and softened the blow just a little bit. But still, going at at him like that just that wasn't the the time or place to be doing that. So I still I wouldn't be able to, I wouldn't feel comfortable doing that to one of uh, of my friends. Um, so I can see how it got escalated. And if, right. if that is how he meant it, and they cut that out of the docuseries, by that being a, a, a production of Kevin Hart, that he did a disservice to himself. Or whoever right. works for him as an, as an editor did a disservice right. to him. Because that definitely shed a little more light on that whole thing, and I think would have been <clears throat> uh, calculated into everybody's critique of Kevin off that argument. Right. Right, I can see that. Um, yeah, so I, I, you know, that part of it, I'm, I'm, I'm like, okay, cool. Um, and yeah, he did own up to it and apologize later on. Um, well, somewhat apologize, but it, yeah, I, 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 
I, I can see that 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 perspective. Um, yeah. Was it was it damage control? Probably. Um, but why why go to Fox Soul to do that? Like they could have gone to like the Breakfast Club or some other platform that's much bigger than Fox Soul to do that. You know what I'm saying? So that kind of right. threw me off too. Like I just I the whole thing just seems weird. But yeah, um, yeah I, I I I can see it. I can see it a little bit. I can see it. Yeah. Um, one thing I did find interesting about that documentary was his uh, involvement with the Uptown Saturday Night franchise. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm going to say this, man. I, I don't think that that franchise is in bad hands with Kevin Hart. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I trust him with it. I, I Actually, I don't trust him with it, <laughs> but I would say he's earned the right to have it. Okay. I'll put it like that. He, okay. he I mean, he's Kevin Hart. He, he, he has a, I would say a pretty respectable production company who's mm-hmm. done some, some, some respectable work. So I, so I am interested in how he is able to put that uh, uptown Saturday night project together. That's one of my favorite movies. That's something I've never uh, seen before. Yeah, we got a. We, it's it's a hard movie to find though. It's not really an easy movie to get your hands on for it to be such a classic movie because it's it's a it's a really it really is a classic, but it's not an easy movie to find. I don't even think it's really streaming anywhere. Uh, don't quote me on that, mm-hmm. but I want to say the last time I looked for that movie, I had a hard time finding. Okay. I had a hard time finding it. I remember um, reading about uh, Will Smith had his hands on it. This was about eight years ago though. Will Smith had his hands on it at one point, and I know he was trying to do some things and make it happen. So it was a bit of a surprise to see uh, Kevin Hart now has it. And uh, if you if you guys watch the docu series, you'll see that that's part of the series that he's trying to actually get that movie off the ground. Mm-hmm. One of the people he talks to about it is uh, Chad with Bozeman about starring in it with him. Right. Um, I'm gonna be honest with you though. I'm going to say this and um, move on to something else I want to talk to you about. But I watched the Breakfast Club interview, right, that Will Smith and Martin Lawrence did. This I watched that. Yesterday. Yes. Great interview. Great, yes. great, great interview. That was probably but one of the I, best interviews in a, in a while. Ex- exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but one thing I thought about when I was watching the interview, I got frustrated because they already asking about Bad Boys 4, right? right? Right, right, right. And my thing is, okay, Will and 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 and, and Martin have dynamic chemistry on screen as mm-hmm. far as comedic comedic chemistry, uh, action comedy action comedy chemistry. Mm-hmm. They they got that, you know what I mean? There's nothing wrong with wanting to see a Martin Will duo in other movies, you know exactly. what I mean? Exactly. Why don't let's let them make other movies together? They don't have to make Bad Boys twenty into yeah. the time <laughs> they in their damn seventies, man. Like, like I, until they like, like Eddie I, Murphy and and and, uh, <laughs> and uh, Martin Lawrence in life, right? Yeah, I mean, so like, keep let's let's encourage them to make more movies together. It doesn't have to be Bad Boys. I want to see Martin and Will make other shit together, similar yeah. to what we saw. With the uh, the duo of Bill Cosby and Sidney Poitier, mm-hmm. and how they did uh, Uptown Saturday Night, let's do let's do it again, and uh, the other one that I can't think of right now. I think they made about three movies together, maybe four, together. Um, Gene Wilder and Richard Pryor is right, another right. duo. That you was a good. That was a good duo. 
Exactly. Yeah. I mean, we don't have to have will. I, I want to see that. I like the idea of that. Don't get me wrong. I like mm-hmm. the idea of Will and Martin making some more movies. And I really would like to see them with the Uptown Saturday Night franchise. I don't see why they couldn't do it. See, I want I want to see them in a setting where they are in life right now. Right, right. It's 50s. anything different. Anything yeah. different. Yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't need I don't to want, see I'm Bad Boys 4. I don't need I don't to see want, that. I, I Bad want. Boys 3 needs to be the end of it. That's, that's actually my, my critique with a lot of these movies anyway, is that you keep adding these um these sequels to a to a series and it's just like it it takes away from the impact that the movie exactly. originally had exactly you know what i'm saying i i don't need to now, see all I, that i will to the credit of bad boys franchise the previous two were very good they were very good you know they were very yeah. good and yeah. i do respect well will for saying uh that he didn't want to move into a bad boys three Unless the script was perfect, so I got right. confidence in Will, in Will on this. Now I will tell you, I was scared. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was I was a little shook because when I found out they were filming like ninety percent or eighty percent of Bad Boys here in Atlanta, mm-hmm. and we all know Bad Boys is a Miami story. Yes, I remember talking to you about this. Yes, remember I said yes. I said D, if they try to pass off Atlanta as Miami, I'm already pissed off. Yeah, I'm already. I'm already. Bro. <laughs> I, I I don't know. I don't know how this is. I got an idea based on the trailer. I'm not gonna go too deep into that for people who want to see the movie, but I I do got an idea based on the trailer what the story could possibly be be about mm-hmm. and why they ha- why they're here in Atlanta. So I can I'm gonna give it a chance mm-hmm. based on one trailer I saw. But moral of the story to all of this, um, let's let's not push for a bad boys four guys. Come on, man. Let's yeah. let's. Let's let them chill on that. We got three good ones coming. You know, let's let's leave that alone. I do want to see Will and Martin do other movies together, though. Yeah. I like the idea of that. And we don't have that tradition right now with anybody that's, you know, that dynamic duo that's making different movies together. Mm-hmm. We don't really have that. So hopefully yeah. we can get that from them guys. Yeah. Like, um, and I, like we saw uh, Eddie Murphy and um, Wesley Snipes. And Dolomite, that was a good, that was a good duo. Um, if if um, coming to America two is as good as that was, Eddie and um, Arsenio Hall getting back together is going to be really good to see. Um, right. I I I do want to see more things though. I I agree with that. It's it's yeah. it's we don't have to water down a story just to see two guys be on screen together. Right. I, right. I I don't I don't need to see that. I'm perfectly fine with them ending Bad Boys Three right at that series that um series right there. Exactly. Just, just leave it right there. I'm, I think I'm actually gonna go see it um Thursday night or Friday morning. Um. So that I'm 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 intrigued, but I, I'm not uh. I'm not hoping that they they do a four because no. When was the when was the second one? I think that was like what. 2000s those movies are so 2000s? spread out man they, they spread those 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 bad boys films out the first one was like 95 yeah we didn't get the second one until like 2000 and something it was like yeah. 2001 or something like that maybe yeah and then you know of course we got the third one coming up and this is 2020, 2020. so <laughs> you know they they spread them out so far yeah you see um, them age yeah exactly yeah. Exactly. And it's crazy because when that movie first came out, 
when you, when we first got Bad Boys, the first one, mm-hmm. it's hard to believe that Martin was a bigger star than Will Smith was at that time. Bro, yeah, and and you know, I didn't even realize this was that was around the time that um that Martin and Fresh Prince were both out. I forget, I don't even know why that didn't dawn on me that that was at the peak of those shows. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember that time. Yeah. I remember that time because I was so tripped out that Will Smith was playing something so different from the, the goofy-ass uh, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air shit. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and he, he even, though we already, even though we saw Independence Day from him at that point. Already. Independence Day was, I want to say Independence Day was after Bad Boys. I thought that was before. I'm pretty sure it was after. Because I thought that was his first, not first film, but one one of his very first Um. Yeah, let's see though. Let's look it up. That's what they got this with. We got this Wikipedia. That for. was in '96. Bad Boys was '96. No, Independence Day was. Oh yeah, yeah. That's that was after Bad Boys. Bad, Bad Boys. Boys was '95. Okay. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Wow. 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 Okay. Yeah. Yeah, but see, uh, in the, Bad Boys was the movie that put Will on the map, though. I mean, yeah. he had another movie before that, which. Uh, I think six degrees of separation or something, which we're That's not even right. going to that. That's right. But uh, <laughs> but um, but no, Bad Boys put him on the map, man. Because yeah, Martin was yeah. the, the bona fide star at that time. He was yeah. the man at that time. Yeah. But anyway, I want to move on to uh, Tyler Perry. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, he, he, he's, his his name is just one of those names that. Did you see the video he posted? Oh, <laughs> uh, with the scripts. With the scripts, yeah. Yes, I did. I did. I I don't see. (laughs) (laughs) Those who don't know, uh, just give you a Will's. uh, That's Will's. Tyler Perry uh, posted an Instagram post, and he he, uh, showed. I want to say like damn that eight nine scripts, eight or nine scripts, yeah, to TV shows that he has uh, in development. And the purpose of the video was to, I'm going to say brag. I don't know. That I, I thought he, he was trying to inspire. <laughs> okay, well, let's give him that. Maybe he was trying to inspire, but he was definitely patting himself on the back. Oh, he definitely and, was. And, and saying that he don't need nobody's help with shit. Yeah. I write all my own shit. I don't have a writer's room. Which you can tell. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell. Uh Shoot, I just let's, let's let's keep it on film, dude. Let's keep it on film, man. Yeah. I'm not going. Tyler Perry TV is a whole other conversation. <laughs> oh, to me, they're the one and the same, bro. <laughs> <laughs> to me, they're one and the same. Uh, but he has a Netflix deal, apparently. Yes, he's got a Netflix movie coming out. I want to say this week, right? Yeah, I think so. Uh, a fall from grace. Um. We will be doing a, a special bonus episode dedicated to this this particular film. I have zero confidence this is going to be a good movie. <laughs> I'm just going, and I have zero confidence this is going to be an original movie. Oh, this no I just know that any movie Tyler Perry is wearing a thick wig in. <laughs> this is bound for some type of destruction, man. Um. And and I shout out to Tyler Perry. I, I, I love Tyler as a as a brother, man. I do. I got respect for Tyler as a businessman. Yes. But, but Tyler, come on, man. You know, just because you throw a wig on, bro, does not. <laughs> Speaking of wigs, <laughs> <laughs> I 
I didn't realize uh, Taraji Henson had the same wig in I Can Do Bad By Myself and Acrimony. They were basically the same wigs. I didn't see I Can Do Bad By Myself. I didn't want to. I, at that time in my life, I couldn't stomach that. I watched it. I did see it. Acrimony, so I don't. I, I got to go back and check that out. No, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> No, you don't. But, uh, I, I, I fall from grace uh, is coming. I just want to read the description real quick, and mm-hmm. then I'm, I'm gonna tell you D. Uh, grace Waters, Crystal Fox, which is a Tyler Perry alum uh, from his <laughs> TV projects. Uh, here, here's the movie info. Now, this is this is uh, Rotten Tomatoes. Grace Waters, a longtime pillar of her Virginia community, stays composed when her ex weds his mistress. Mm, this is yeah, it's definitely Tyler Perry. Yeah. And her son moves away with convincing from her best friend, Sarah, Felicia Rashad is in this movie. She tries putting uh, herself Felicia. first and a handsome stranger, check is a check, bro. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> becomes her surprise second love. Yet any woman can snap, and Grace's new husband soon ravages her life, her work, and many say her sanity. <laughs> Shuddered in a cell, waiting trial for his murder. This is the whole fucking movie, right, right here. <laughs> Shuddered in a cell, awaiting trial for his murder. Grace only, on, Grace's only hope for vindication lies with Jasmine Bryant, played oh by Pressure Webb, a public defender who has never tried a case. I am not looking forward to watching this damn movie. My but God, man. We're we going to give it a ride, man. You know, we're going to give it a ride. <sighs> a special bonus episode on that. So that's what's coming for y'all. That uh, entire yeah, description dude. probably summed up about 98% of his films. Yes. I like, agree with you, man. See, man, this is my problem. I love Tyler Perry. Like, his... his... Talk, we've been talking about this. Yeah, I, I I love his tenacity, his 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 drive, um, uh, his attitude. I I love it, but my God, there is more to black people than marrying your mistress and a a mad black woman going crazy over the mistress being married. Like, I, like, come on, man. There's more to black people. Our stories are so much deeper than that. That story has been told over time after time. And, and There's no tread left on that story, man. The, the, There's the no tread. is blown out. There's no tread left, Tyler. And, no and we're appealing it. to you, man, and I agree with you. I agree with you 100%. Tyler Perry is a man to be admired. No question about that. As far as his work ethic, same. I mean, very similar to the Kevin Hart shit. Yes. I just had yes. Right <laughs> There's a lot of, to be admired about the brother, man. The brother is is brilliant when it comes to business. His yes. entrepreneurial efforts are, are, are second to none. Your work just is repetitive, brother. Yeah. It's, it's too damn repetitive, man. Yeah. And I do believe, going back to what you said, because you do raise a good point about that script shit he put out there. That's part of the problem, Tyler. It's too much Tyler Perry. It's too much Tyler Perry. There's in, no in one. Shit, and, and you know what else? There are no black women in that script room that that are being that that are writing these stories about black women. I'm tired of that, man. It's I'm exhausting. tired of that. Like, I, I, 
I get it for when he started. I understand it. I understand it. But you're, what? This is what, we're like, what, 15 years into Tyler Perry being yeah. this mogul? Yeah. Come the, the hell mogul, on. It's, it's, it's getting wore out, man. It's I'm tired of it, man. Like, I'm tired of it. There's no it, it, need for it. It's gotten to the point, you know, because I remember when Tyler first got hot in cinema, in, in the movie world, with uh, Diary of a Mad Black Woman, mm-hmm. Why Did I Get Married, which were... Shamar Moore with that wig. With the ridiculous... Jesus yeah, Christ, uh, man. Cornrowing. Yeah, yeah, you had to stomach that shit. Uh, and I, re- I remember that at that time, at that time, there was an anticipation for his work. It, you no, know, there most definitely was. There was an anticipation for his yes. work. Now, it's like I don't even anticipate him. I don't look forward to it. I I pretty much know that it's going to be the same drum mm-hmm. every goddamn movie. And the same cast. Tortured, miserable black woman who has to <laughs> dig herself out of the misery that a black man inflicts on her. Like right, we which we're 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 reinforcing that narrative that it's always the black man's fault for. Thank the you. black woman's uh uh issues right like right. bro i get it that is the case in a lot of in a lot of situations but that's not every black situation that's not every black person's issue you gotta diversify your narratives brother especially since you got a six bro. billion dollar damn studio sitting bro. over there i'm not gonna want to watch you pump out billions of dollars of black misery for the next 20 years bro i'm, I'm not telling you right now that studio, I watched this video that he that he did. I think it's like maybe like fifteen minutes long, of giving the tour of that studio, mm-hmm. and it is beautiful, amazing. I love what he did. He has Very one impressive. building that he has one building that is, it has a different front on each side of the building. Every each on all four sides of the of the building is like it's a different um, exterior. So you can utilize it to tell different stories and not have to move set. You know, like, like it's just, you don't have to do too much to go to the next scene. And right. I appreciate that. That is forward thinking. That, that, that makes a lot of sense. You, you, you make it compact and, and inside the building is like that as well. You know, the, the inside um, different floors have different, um, like one level is like a hospital, the other I think is like a hotel. You know, diff- different things right. like that. Beautiful, I love it. That's amazing. Right. Can we get that kind of diversity in your movies? <laughs> Jesus Christ, man! Like, <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't get it. I'm with you, dude. I don't get it. I'm with you. And, and, well, and I would love to sit down and talk to him. I would love to sit down and talk to him and tell him that. Right. Because it makes no sense. It's, it frustrates me as a, as a black man in media when I see a black man that is that is there, has the capability of doing whatever the hell he wants to do. Right, right. Pump out the same narrative every year. Yeah. Every film. The yeah. family that praised was probably the only one that wasn't like that. Yeah, and and the one uh, he did, which was still a problematic movie, but one of the ones that I think that broke from the pack too, was um, Daddy's Little Girls. Yeah, 
Yeah, I forgot about that one. Yeah. Yeah, that that is one of my one of my favorites. There, like I said, there are some problems in that movie. Yes. But um, it it it, it was different, which is one of the ones that stand out to was me. Was that his only one that shows a black man in a positive light outside of uh, well, no, even Acrimony still had his issues with showing that black man. Well, he cast himself in one, uh, Good Deeds, which he was a relatively oh, positive I character. About good Deeds. Yeah. Yeah. Good Deeds was was another one that was uh, kind of you know let me save this tortured black woman type of, type of vibe to it. Like you know you're going to find a tortured black woman in Bro, about all of them. Every every movie every show is about some tortured black woman and and I I don't get that. I don't get it. House, that's his niche, man. I mean, House that's of Pain. No- Janine was a crackhead. I, <laughs> uh, uh, anyway, man, we got one coming up, so yeah, I'll look forward the, to that. Yeah, and you, I, we, we probably heard our review for that movie just in this conversation. Well, maybe we'll be surprised. D. I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't let's, think so. Let's see. I don't either. But let's just, so. <laughs> let, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. We'll <laughs> see. We'll see. <laughs> All right. But, hey, but speaking of that, though, it's two. Uh, my last two points. Then we're gonna go into the Shutter Island. Mm-hmm. Um, my last two points do loosely deal with what we just finished talked about talking about, and that is the uh, the depiction of black men, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so one one thing I just want to throw out there, I don't want to talk about this too long because my last point I do want to give a little time to. Okay. But Spike Lee is in the news. I was just reading something today Uh-oh. in the uh, New York Times. No, this this is something relatively positive. Okay. Spike Lee will be leading uh, the jury. Are you familiar with the, you familiar with uh, Cannes Film Festival, right? Mm-hmm. Spike Lee will be the first black man in the seventy-three year history of Cannes Film Festival to actually be leading the jury for uh, for that oh. film festival. Oh yeah, man. yeah, Spike That's Lee. Dope. Yeah. Well, congratulations so, uh, to Spike, man. Yeah, big congrats to Spike. Uh, we'll dope. be talking more about him. We got to get a Spike movie on the list real soon. Man. I was thinking about that. Too. Um, we haven't had a Spike film yet. We didn't have about two from Scorsese. No, this will, <laughs> this will be the third one right here, right? I, well, I think this will be the second one. Second I could one. be wrong. The King of Comedy and this one. This one. And there may be a third one up there. I don't know. Yeah. But, yeah, we got to do a Spike movie. Yeah, Spike Lee will be uh, leading the jury for the Cannes Film Festival, which is a pretty big deal, man. And like I said, he's That's the dope. first black to do that in the history of that film festival. So that was good news to see. Yeah. Speaking of black men, though, in Hollywood, all right, mm-hmm. I do want to address something. And I'm going to be very transparent with the audience please, on this. Please do. Because that's what this, this, that's what this, this, this podcast is for, you know, for, for us to have uh, discussion and debate inspired by the films that we that we watch. Mm-hmm. Um, but but this is really not inspired by a particular film. This is really inspired by the Academy, the Oscars. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, everybody who uh, pretty much follows film and 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 pretty much knows what's going on right now uh, at this stage in in time, we're we're heading into Oscar season. Mm-hmm. And the Oscar nominations have just been announced. There, there is not one single solitary black man. <laughs> Are you shocked? Nominated at all 
in any of the major significant categories. Not one. There's a black woman. Uh-huh. And I'm not trying to be xenophobic or nothing, okay, or, or anti-immigrant, but this black woman is not even an American. All right, this is a, a Nigerian woman. Mm-hmm. It's one, the only woman of color, person of color, whatever the fuck you want to call it, that's <laughs> even acknowledged, right? And she's acknowledged for Harriet, which we have not even talked about Harriet on this on this podcast yet. We brushed we up will. on it. Do you want to oh, do that yeah. as a review? Because we can do that. We're coming into Black History Month, bro. Yeah, we, can, we can do that in February. Yes. Yeah. And I um, and I got my issues with that movie, even though I haven't seen it. The yeah. reason why I haven't seen it is because of the issues I have with it. But I'm not, we're not Me here too. for that. Mm-hmm. We're not here for that. We're here, well, I'm here, rather, to just acknowledge and, and open up the conversation. Black men, man, let this Oscar shit be an example. Black men are the most underrepresented disrespected class of people in this damn country. Yes, over black women too. I've said that. (laughs) Nobody is more disrespected, man, and more cast aside than black men. I'm convinced. There is no excuse for that. There is no excuse why not one black man can be acknowledged in cinema in 20 fucking 20. That makes no sense to me. It makes no sense was definitely one of the best movies that came out last year. Mm-hmm. Dolomite was the return of Eddie Murphy and Wesley Snipes in many respects. Mm-hmm. Dolomite was the introduction of the sister who played uh, the role. I can't Queen, think of her name. Queen B. Queen B. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? We, we were introduced to her as a, as as a brilliant actress through that movie. You mean to tell me Eddie Murphy, Wesley Snipes, I mean uh, Michael Keaton Peele? Well, not Mike, Michael Keegan, whatever his name is. <laughs> Nobody gets acknowledged. I mean, uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, Michael B. Jordan. Mm-hmm. Jamie Foxx just dropped a movie. I haven't seen it. Right. You know, but it seemed to be getting a lot of attention. Are you telling me that I, there was no qualified black man to get a nod this year? Bro. Everybody, but but we, but we can hear about the women. I mean, as you can, they're, they're raising hell now that there were no women acknowledged, even though it was plenty of women, from what I see, that was nominated in, in many respects. Look, but a lot of white pizza. women are raising hell because no white woman was nominated for best director. That's a big deal. Yeah. So don't, don't bark it at me because I feel like there should have been a black man represented in some capacity. There, there in some capacity. <clears throat> I agree with that. I agree with that. And and Lupita not getting acknowledged for her her two roles in us is amazing. Yeah, but um Lupita has been acknowledged by the Academy before. She's one of the Yeah. Yeah. You know, and you know, I, I'm you know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna raise too much hell about that. Well, um God, what's my guy's name? Jordan Peele. Lupita and Cynthia Revo and all of y'all should be having something to say about this, bro. Jordan Peele, have Jordan Peele not getting acknowledged for us is exactly that blows my mind because that movie was very well done. Which that's gonna be another movie I wanna I wanna review. Um, phenomenal film, start to finish. I, it was a good movie. It wasn't as good as Get Up. Uh, it wasn't better than his first one, but it was a it was a, a decent follow up. I give you. 
it was I I think I I didn't I didn't put them I didn't compare them to each other because mm-hmm. to me it was just they were they were two different they were so like different in mm-hmm. in, in content that it just I just let them stand on their on their own and mm-hmm. bro I like phenomenal I'm gonna be completely honest I think we as black filmmakers need to get away from caring about Hollywood and caring about the awards and the exposure from Hollywood because how technology is set up today, being able to be on streaming services and all that other stuff, mm-hmm. bro, we could we could shut Hollywood down just by staying out of it. I agree. I, I, I am completely convinced now that we just need to go completely independent and 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 just be on our own and and be separate from major studios and, and just do it on our own. There's there's no such thing as going through a distributor anymore. Um you just put it out. And I, I am completely convinced at this point now that, that that's the route as black filmmakers. That's the route that we need to go now. I agree. I agree. We, we've got to have a hands-on approach and, and take control yeah. of our own stories. Yeah. Um, and that's on the creative and the business end. I yes, agree with you. Most definitely. But I just had to just sound off on, on, on how we would, as black men, would totally shut out. Oh, yeah. Um, this year and it's it's frustrating because this is this is this is just about on every level in mm-hmm. media mm-hmm. um we're getting thrown under the bus man like it ain't nothing i mean you got oprah winfrey putting her weight behind what did these... you think about that i think oprah is a is a is a black man hating demon and <laughs> and she deserves some very bad things to happen to her um, based on the way she conducts herself in relationship to black men. Um, I feel like Lonnie Love, that, man, I'm going to try to be civil. I want to be civil. I really do. But, you know, Lonnie Love, for you to get on TV and say that black men, what, what that bullshit she said? Black successful men are, are, are destined to cheat or just built she to cheat. She said that? Yeah, she said some shit like that, man. On national fucking TV, and you and you dating a white guy. Like, how classless and disrespectful is that? What black man would be able to sit his black ass on TV Hell no. and say something disparaging about black women and date a white woman? Not one. What black man would be able to do that? Not one. And and, you see and what I'm to saying? not get called out to? Yeah. And, and, and not get, like, this that this totally drug. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know? No, if, but, if, but if a black got, man was dating a white woman, yeah. That, that'd be the end of him. That shit. We gotta lay down and take that shit. Mm-hmm. That, that's what's expected of us to just lay down and take all this baseless criticism on us mm-hmm. while you got Harvey Weinstein who's having to defend him, who's in court, you know what I mean, trying to trying to defend himself against new women every other damn day. You got Kevin Spacey who walks scot-free for his shit. All his victims end up dying. Bro, and you know, he keeps coming out with these videos. With these weird, bizarre-ass videos. Oh, my God. With the Frank Underwood. I mean, 
you know, but but where are the black women? I'm just saying, where are the black women? I know that that there are some out there. Yes. But it's not enough. Yes. It's not enough of a, it's, there is no collective of black women who are actually just speaking up on our behalf and saying, listen, man, you cannot just constantly just beat down our men. Cynthia Revo, I got an issue with, with that role she played in Harriet. I'm just going to be honest with you. I got an issue with her being Nigerian, mm -hmm. playing the role she played, and the position she took um, when she was criticized by pretty much mocking American black people. You know, I got an issue with her. But she mocked she American black people? Oh, yeah, she mocked she mocked the, the dialect of black people. You got to look it up Whoa. to get the details of it. But she was called out before about, you know, Nigeria. I'll I put it to you like this, all right? I don't know if you remember Sam Jackson when uh, Get Out came out, mm -hmm. around the time Get Out came out, because uh, the brother who played uh, in Get Out, uh, I can't call his name right now, but he's he's also African. He's not mm -hmm. an American man. Right, right, right. And one of the points that Sam Jackson made, which I agree with, and I think needs to be taken, you know, people need to take some serious consideration to what Sam said, even though I believe he walked it back. I'm not sure about that, but I believe they gave a lot, put a lot of pressure on him. Mm -hmm. But Sam Jackson made an observation during that time when, when Get Out came out by saying that we should place importance, I'm paraphrasing it, but we should place some importance on black American people playing roles that are centered around black American life. We mm -hmm. shouldn't be too comfortable with immigrants um, playing roles of black people. Like, for instance, uh, the brother who played Dr. King in Selma is mm -hmm. not an American black man. Um, again, the, and that, but that is an authentic American black role. Dr. Damn King, it don't get mm -hmm. no American black than that. You know, uh, considering <laughs> um, the same thing with the brother who played in Get Out and all that. Now, right. don't get me wrong, Derek. I'm not saying that if you're not a black person from America, you shouldn't play black roles. I'm not saying I'm not saying that because I do believe in the art and I do mm -hmm. believe in the power of the craft. Mm -hmm. But there's a consistency going on, man. And it's, it seems to be deliberate that black people from this country who are descendants of slaves of this country are not getting the access to roles that should be played by us that tell our story uniquely. I agree with that. And, and 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 Cynthia Revo, Revo, yeah, when she was called out about something in regard to that, she's on Twitter making mocking, uh, disparaging comments about the dialect of Black American people. So yeah. my thing is, you should at least, at the very least, have something to say that you're a nominated Black woman or African woman, woman of color, whatever, by the Academy. You should at least have something to say in defense of the fact that black men were not acknowledged at all yes. this year. Yes. Uh, the same thing with Lupita. I, I love Lupita. I think Lupita is a dynamic actress. You know what I mean? I like her a lot. And, and, and she's wor she was worthy of the Oscar that she won. I had an issue with the movie for what it was for, but, you know, she played that damn role. She she had a, That was a heart-wrenching role she played in 12 Years a Slave. But Lupita should be oh, one yeah. to stand up. And and say, hey, you know, why, why didn't you all find any any type of merit in any black man this year? Um, and it's several others. Like no no black woman in in Hollywood has made an issue out of this. Yeah. But yeah. let there be a situation where there's no nobody at all black, particularly a black woman being represented, and there's a there's an outcry. 
white women right now are raising hell that Greta Gerwig, the director of this movie, Little Women, mm -hmm. was not acknowledged. You know what I mean? She's just one white woman who actually won. I think she won uh, Oscar already. You know, it's like, you know, yeah, we pick... I think her husband or uh, boyfriend, no, whoever, for Noah Baumbach, yeah, yeah did a Marriage Story. Yes, he did. Yeah, he did. Yeah, that that I I agree with that. There, there is more. Well, that's concern. my rant. I'm gonna let you have it. Uh, no, 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 no. You're good. You're good. I I I completely agree with what you're saying. Um, but that that's exactly why I I, I that's why I don't care about these awards anymore like there was a time where i i when i first got into media production that i was like oh man one day i want to win an oscar for directing you know whatever good movie there was a time where i felt like that i couldn't care less about that anymore i i all i want to do is create great content and and put it out there for people to see i i i I hate that we that we we are in this place in 2020 where we we feel like we're still fighting for inclusion. It right. literally makes no sense. Right. It literally makes no sense. That that's that's why I say let's just do our own thing. Let's let's just bump the academy, bump Hollywood, forget all those 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 studios and all that stuff. We can make we have the spending power in our community to put us at the top of the box office with every film that we, we that we produce we have the the power to do it we just don't do it one we have we have little exposure two we have very little support mm. as filmmakers so it's, it's it's already difficult enough to to get that out when when you're trying to when you're trying to just do it you know just just for fun, but if we can all get together and 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 create our own dynamic and put it out there, and 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 forget Hollywood, Hollywood would end up crumbling. That's right. If we weren't in Hollywood, Hollywood would be over. Mm. We do all the totally work, agree. and they get all the all the attention, and all the acclaim for it. So forget it. Forget it. I agree. I don't care if I never have a star on the on the on the on the uh, Walk of Fame. I don't care if I if I never get an Oscar. I don't care if I never get nominated for anything. I don't care. If we put out high quality content, short films, feature films documentaries all that stuff if we do that and just keep to ourselves hollywood would be over within a matter of, of two years if we if we do it did it consistently they would be it, it, hollywood wouldn't even be the same bro i agree and tyler agree. perry has the power to do that that's why i'm pissed off with him because he has the ability to do that hire Every black person that is in media production to come and work on these on these productions, screenwriters, uh, uh, directors, editors, like he has the ability to do that. Stagehands, mm -hmm. but you keep it closed. Right. How do you expect for us to be able to grow when you have this ability? You have you have the biggest state a uh, 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 studio. 
out. Wow. Yeah. How, how is no, it possible? I'm with you. How is it possible? You know, you, yeah, you, you want to inspire us by by showing these scripts that you that you that you wrote by yourself, <laughs> and they're trash ass scripts. Right. Like, bro, right. what are we doing? Like, what what is it all for? Right. Yeah, I'm with you, man. It's frustrating. It's very frustrating, but. So that's that, you know, uh, I, I don't know if I'll have any interest in the Oscars this year. I, I normally don't, but th- this year... I don't even remember the last time really, I watched the Oscars, bro. I, w- I was really rubbed the wrong way. Yeah. I, and, I, and I'm disappointed that Dolomite is my name was totally shut out the way it was. That yeah. I'm, I'm pretty shitty about that. Yeah. I'm pretty shitty about that, you yeah. know. No, that, that was hands down. Dolomite is my name and Us were my favorite films of 2019. Right. Absolute favorite. So, yeah, it's, it's more the same. At least they're consistent, right? Yeah. Yeah, we can we can definitely say that. Consistency <laughs> is, their, is their bread and yeah. butter. They got that a lot. <laughs> Most definitely. All right. Uh, so, moving on. Let's go ahead and knock out this feature presentation. 2010 Shutter Island. I know we've carried on a little bit longer than normal with the with this introduction part you know the, the comparing notes part but hey it's a podcast it's what we do yeah you know, yeah we don't know about the clock but hours so 2010 shutter island starring leonardo dicaprio we're gonna come back we're gonna drop the trailer let y'all hear the trailer and come back with our review no chase film society give you a briefing about the institution. All I know is it's a mental hospital. But they're criminally insane. Gentlemen, welcome to Shutter Island. You're hereby required to surrender your firearms. We are duly appointed federal marshals. But during your stay, you will obey protocol. Is that understood? We take only the most dangerous and damaged patients, ones no other hospital can manage. These are all violent defenders, right? They've hurt people, murdered them in some cases. In almost all cases, yes. We try to provide them with a measure of calm. Personally, Doctor, I'd have to say screw their sense of calm. So this prisoner escapes in the last 24 hours. We don't know how she got out of her room. It's as if she evaporated straight through the walls. We haven't heard the truth once yet, but no one will talk. It's like they're scared of something. It's all down, all the lines, even radio. Whatever the hell's going on here, it's bad. We need to ask you some questions, okay? Do you know what fear does to the mind? Corrodes it, rusts it. This is a game. You're a rat in a maze. Who did this to you? Going somewhere? I've built something valuable here. I'm not going to give up without a fight. What if while you were looking into them, they were looking into you? Now they have us both here now. Let me see your face. Let me see your damn face now! Come on, come on! 
wouldn't you agree? When you see a monster, you must stop it. All right, uh, Shutter Island. This one was a pick from uh, our head honcho, Derek. So since this is your pick, um, Derek, if you don't mind, I'll do the honors. Please. And go open ahead. up on this one. Yeah, most okay. definitely. Go ahead. All right. So Shutter Island, a 2010 American neo-noir psychological thriller directed by Martin Scorsese. Um, as we've talked about earlier, this is, I believe this is our second film we've, we've reviewed by Scorsese. Um, the first one, um, being the King of Comedy. And, um, this one is starring Leonardo DiCaprio. Uh, Michelle Williams is also in here in this one. Mark Ruffalo is in this one. Ben Kinsley is in this one. Uh, he comes back with his long, 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 long time editor, which he brought back for this one as well, Thelma Schoenmaker. Um, that's pretty interesting how Scorsese keeps keeps her in the loop as his editor. She's been, he's been working with her for years. So this is yet another one um, that we're going to be talking about. And I got to say, um, when Derek recommended this one, to when you recommended this one to me, I... Uh, I actually was, was was felt pretty good about watching it because I saw this one when it first came out. Me too. In the movies. And I, I it didn't really have an impression on me when I first saw it. Mm-hmm. Even though I knew it was Scorsese and, and um I knew it was a it was a break from his typical stuff, mm-hmm. you know. But uh, this is I wanna say now I could be wrong, but I wanna say this is the second uh psychological thriller that I've seen from Scorsese, the first one being Cape Fear with Robert De Niro. Um, I don't think I saw that one. Uh, it was it was a okay effort from him. And I actually got to kind of say the same with this one. This, this was one of those movies that, you know, you just want to get to the end of it. But the, the, the whole thriller part is, is really not as strong um, with this film. It, 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 there was not a whole lot of thrills, so to speak. You kind of figured out at least for me, I want to say close to halfway through this film, I knew that that Leonardo DiCaprio, whose character is, uh, uh, I forget his character's name, uh, U.S. Marshal Teddy Daniels. Yeah, um, but that's another thing. His his name was kind of, um, it was kind of confusing because he had two names uh, in this one. Did he? Yeah, he uh it was um it was Teddy Daniels and um Leonidas uh Oh, oh okay, Leonidas yeah, that was okay, yeah. Yeah, that was the the name that uh we were led to believe was a missing patient. Right. Oh, yeah, but it ended up being uh, that that's that's why I was going with this is that I kind of saw almost halfway through this movie that Leonardo DiCaprio was the nut in this movie. <laughs> I mean, I I kind of put that together, but uh, there were a lot of layers to this movie. There were a lot of layers to this movie, you know. So 
just to give a little a little synopsis, uh, yeah, this movie is about a U.S. marshal who is sent to this island to try to locate an escaped uh, psycho patient. I think this island was a uh, prison for the criminally insane. Mm-hmm. I guess that's that's probably the best way to to view it. And Leonardo DiCaprio's character, we are led to believe, is a U.S. marshal uh, who's also um, partnered with. Uh, Mark Ruffalo, who's supposed to be his partner, um, and they're sent to this island to try to locate a missing patient. While they're on this island and doing their investigation and trying to figure out what could have possibly happened to this patient, we're discovering that Leonardo DiCaprio's character is beginning to feel that this island is actually a big-ass lab, so to speak, for experimentation being done by these doctors and people uh, on these mentally insane, criminally insane people. So therefore, he proceeds to try to expose it while he himself is being driven insane or being uh, made to believe he's insane to the point where we actually uh, are told in the film that he is in fact insane and he is in (laughs) fact a, a patient on this island. And this whole U.S. marshal shit was a, a, a facade that he created that they actually allowed him to create to exercise whatever nut job shit that he has going on with him <laughs> because he's actually there be, because he discovered his wife murdered her children. Um, and as a result of him discovering his wife, she went batshit and murdered her children. It drives him batshit to kill her. So now he's on this island. And that's pretty much the story uh, in a nutshell. The one thing I walked away with with this movie is that I believe it represented something deeper um, that, that, that the society, that, that exists in society. And that is we are guinea pigs to some extent. You know, how our, our government uh, has used us for guinea pigs for different things. Oh, yeah. And the and the potential that can happen uh, when you give over certain power to certain entities, mm-hmm. you know, particularly the criminal justice system, the, the potential they have and the potential that they actually exercise to misuse that power um, is, is well represented in, in, in the undertones and the under themes of this film. And that's one thing I did like about it. I think that it, it, it demonstrated that perfectly, that, you know, the establishment, the establishment of our government, the establishment of our criminal justice system, however you want to approach it, does have that tendency to abuse their authority and mishandle the people that they're entrusted to take care of. Um, Very, very, very solid message in this movie. But it lacked on psychological (laughs) and it lacked on on the thriller, in in my opinion. Uh, Not Leonardo DiCaprio's best movie to me. Mm But it was it was it was a good acting performance because Leo is one of those actors. He's just not gonna give you bullshit. I gotta give him credit for that. Leo is not gonna give you bullshit, even in his weaker roles, which is hard to even determine a weak role for yeah. the character. That's a debate in and of itself. Even though I can identify some, I feel are weaker. There's still an argument that can be made that the movies are very good. This is one of those movies. Um, but this is not my favorite Scorsese DiCaprio uh, pairing. Not my favorite Scorsese direction. Not my favorite. I mean, nothing about this movie really was my favorite. 
which is why I know why in 2010 when I first saw it, here we are now, <clears throat> at the end of the decade, <laughs> that movie is just as underwhelming to me uh, now as it was then. But it was not a bad movie. I would say that it wasn't a bad movie. It's worth watching. Just don't expect much from it. See, I, I think I had a different outlook on it. Um, so the, so the name that he had was Andrew Latus, uh, outside of T Teddy Daniels, and Andrew Latus was the guy that, um, that he was that he claimed killed his wife in the, um, in the fire for the, at that apartment. Right. Um, what I found interesting is that the uh the the lady that they said was um Rachel Solando that was the woman that killed her kids ended up being this Dolores lady that was uh that was his wife um that actually actually killed the kids. But the the thing that I found interesting was that they were using Rachel um See, this this is where it kind of I think they did this purposefully because it it, it jumbles everything together and I think it almost like puts you in the mindset of someone that is bipolar and like how jumbled their brain might be. That's how I took this film to be. Um because the Rachel Solando character actually turned out to be the Dolores character. It's herself. But he was seeing a different woman. Mm -hmm. And he ended up being Andrew Latus. It was like that split personality. But what I found interesting was that earlier in the movie there was a scene where he was he was having this dream or vision whatever it was i think it was actually a dream cuz i think he was asleep um where he was holding her and she Ooh. was saying she had to go and she just she just turned into ash right um but toward the end of the film they showed that she was the one that actually killed the kids and he ended up shooting her and killing her. So it's kind of hard to say, you know, to say which one is the truth and which one is the is the fiction. Uh, because I don't I don't even know that we actually get a full understanding of which one is true and which one is false. Um, that's what I found interesting about the film. Now, this whole ruse was actually a, a thing concocted by the doctor to try to snap Teddy Daniels out of this this um, psycho um, I don't even know what you call what you call it whatever whatever he was dealing with they were trying to snap him out of that to make him better um, and I think it actually worked but it's just that he just opted to be lobotomized at the end do you do you, did you did you get that no i didn't get that i got i what i got from the whole well actually i didn't i maybe i didn't really realize that the whole andrew latest um 
character. I didn't really put together that that actually could have been Leonardo DiCaprio. But from what I walked away with, Ben Kinsley's character, who was the head doctor, mm -hmm. uh, Dr. John Cawley, mm -hmm. he allowed him to uh, create this facade along with uh, his doctor, which is uh, Mark Ruffalo's character, which was his head psychiatrist or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, they allowed him to exercise these thoughts based on, I think, what you just said, hoping that it would bring him back to some sort of reality. But it failed. Um, and he... Actually, you're right. He did when he was going to the lighthouse. He actually did submit to the lumbotomy. But I guess the debate is, did he really know that that's where they were taking him? I guess that's yeah. kind of where you're asking me. Yeah, and now that you mention it, as I go back through the film... Yes, towards the very end, he had they would they were taking him to the lighthouse where the lobotomies took place. But we're mm -hmm. also led to believe other nefarious shit might have took place in that lighthouse. Well, yeah, I see. The reason why I ask is because the the um, the 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 final scene, Teddy is sitting next to his doctor, and he's having and he's smoking, and. The doctor says something to him, and, and the doctor believes that he's back in this fantasy. Mm -hmm. And Teddy asks his doctor, like, um, he says something to the effect of, what do you think is, is better, to, to live as a monster or, or, or die as a, um, as a good, good man? As a good man. Yeah. And he stood up and walked off, and that's when the doctor realized, oh, snap, hold up, it did work. Like yeah. he's he he is he is fully back, um, because they've had they even said in the movie that they had periods where he where he actually snapped out of his psychosis, but they never seemed to fully, uh, uh that never that that moment never seemed to fully, uh, uh, like come to to light. And it seemed like it had finally done that, but he just wanted to go ahead and just get lobotomized. Um, that was a part of it that just kind of like, it was sad to see, but I don't know. I think if the doctor, see, that's, I think the, I think, I think they left it up for interpretation because to me, I would think that if the doctor realizes that he is, he is well, that he would stop the process of the lobotomy, mm -hmm. and they just they kind of just phased off um, and it faded to black. So it was kind of maybe that happened, maybe it didn't. Um, I don't know. At I, any point, I want to ask you something. Mm -hmm. At any point, did you in this movie did you discover uh, or have any idea that he was actually a patient? on the island and not an investigator sent to investigate anything. You know why I knew when I first saw the movie, you know why I knew that mm -hmm. someone ruined it for me. Oh, wow. So I didn't even get the chance to actually like go through that entire reveal. Um, so the very first time I saw it, I was pissed. Now this, this was actually my second time watching the film and watching it back. I was starting to see little things to to notice that hey this is not only is this a, a um like a charade that they're playing but you can see instances where he is like 
being troubled and plagued by these these dreams and visions where he doesn't know if this is real or or fake and mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. it's a lot it, it this is a very layered movie like that's that's what i was saying like i i i came away watching it this time i came away with the the thought that hey this actually might have been shot um with the intent to make the audience understand the psychological aspect of someone that is bipolar Mm. because i found myself watching it back this time battling like hold on wait i thought this is what it was no i thought that's what that was and it, it was it was i felt myself battling the entire movie even though i knew what the end was going to be i i still found myself battling what was real and fake and what was what aspects and characteristics belong to one character versus another mm. you know what i'm saying like like mm-hmm. i felt the split personality like mm-hmm. i actually felt that so it it i don't know this um I I actually thought this was a very well done film. Um and I thought of what I've seen from Leonardo DiCaprio, I thought this was I have to go back and rank his films, but mm-hmm. to me this has to be top 10 of his. Really? Yes. Mm. Yes. Okay. Because of the of the ability to do that. Like going back to um, what I was talking about with Lupita, um, with us, the ability to play two different characters in one film, like we saw her actually do that. He was borderline that, like, like you could tell it was he was fighting himself, right? And, and it was weird. It was it was it was it was weird. It was uh uh. It was a battle, like you could feel that that fight. So that 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 was what I came away with, and I actually thought that that it was very well done. I I love the film. Okay. Yeah, I love it. Okay. Um, I can agree with you on that. That that was that was a a, a real display of talent from uh, from Leonardo DiCaprio. As far as how he was able to balance uh, the Teddy Daniels character and the uh, Andrew, uh, can't call the last Late, name, but latest, the, latest, the Andrew latest character, um, that's a fine line that he played. And honestly, you, you're right. It's it kind of slipped my mind that that he actually was Andrew latest, um, but it, it was actually that Andrew latest character and that whole, how that whole thing developed. And just uh, listening to him talk about, I think the scene that really gave it up to me, it, it was, it, I was, I had an idea that he could be a nut um, when he, when he first talked to Ben Kinsley, and I believe he had just met the lady who had escaped the island or some shit like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, um, yeah, that that came up to me that that was a figment of his imagination. 
And even with him having those flashbacks of his wife, dealing with his wife like that. And that right there led me to believe, okay, this dude might be, you know, a patient on here. But it was it was it was really, of course, confirmed when uh when he talked to Ben Kinsley in the room with the other doctors. Mm-hmm. And it was just him. This is after he lost uh, contact with Mark Ruffalo, when his partner. Mm-hmm. When I think I guess he kind of disappeared, and they told him that he never came with a partner right. to the island. Right. Yeah. So so that was really the reveal, I believe, of him being an actual patient on the island. Mm-hmm. Um, outside of that, I I I I didn't get any type of thriller. Um, experiences from the film and I, I think that's where the biggest letdown came for me you know when you do psychological thriller a cat like uh m like m night Shalomon oh yes had has raised the bar so damn high with you... the sixth sense yes yes that if you don't maintain that i mean i mean anybody that was they saw that shit too. coming oh yeah you were cheated now oh, you were yeah. cheated yeah you were fucked yeah that, <laughs> Anybody that would tell you they watched that movie and saw that ending coming is in the wrong business. You belong in Hollywood. Like, you should be mm-hmm. writing scripts. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what you're supposed to maintain when you're talking about psychological thriller. You're supposed to have that person in your hand. You know what I mean? Right. They're, they're supposed, we're, we're dependent on you in this, in this storytelling. I didn't really need anything from Martin Scorsese in, the, <laughs> in this movie. Um, even though it was Scorsese, it was very well shot. Um, you even saw some of the the, the Scorsese uh, close-ups to the tight shots that he mm-hmm. that he's known for. Mm-hmm. That's always good to see, you know, to see his signature in his movies. But yeah, man, I I, I just feel like this was a this was just an okay movie that that lacked a lot of psych, psychological thriller uh, substance to make it, you know, a thriller. And that's my only criticism. One of my only criticisms of it. Um, the acting was good, though. I, I, I enjoyed DiCaprio as, a, as an actor in this one. I, I, and I agree with you. I feel like there was a, a, a real entertainment value he brought to maintaining those two characters the way he did. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mark Ruffalo was, 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 was good. Mm-hmm. Uh, supporting, supporting role. And Ben Kinsley. I liked I yes. like the acting. There's really yes. no acting I can criticize. But come on, we're talking about Scorsese, man. You're not going to find shitty acting in a Scorsese. <laughs> not at all. So that's that's kind of a given. But, um, yeah, man, I would have to say, do I believe... Now, I would have to really think of 10 Scorsese, um, excuse me, DiCaprio movies. Yeah. Which is not hard to do. Not at all. So, I haven't done that. So, I I might have to get back to you if I agree with you with this being in in my top 10. Um, Because 10 is a lot of movies. 10 is a a lot, yeah. Yeah, a lot. But this wouldn't be in my top five. I can tell you that now. If you had to break it down to top five, DiCaprio, this would not make the cut. You know the only reason why I I don't know that it is in my top five for his films? Because it got ruined for me. Like, that element of surprise. That's that's part reason why I don't even watch trailers anymore. I haven't watched a, a trailer for a movie. I haven't watched trailers consistently since Iron Man 2 came out. I don't watch trailers at all. I I I, I stopped watching trailers. So um, I come across them on TV. If you're watching the game or something, you just can't get away from them. Oh, I turn my head. Why, 
Yeah, that's the only reason why I know what I know about the Bad Boys Three trailer. I was talking about earlier in the show, mm-hmm. but I make it. I do make it my business to not watch trailers, so I'm yeah. with you on that. Yeah, I, I don't watch them anymore. I haven't watched them in probably a good six, seven years consistently. Because I used to go to the movies, and that was the thing I loved going to mm. do, get there early enough to watch the trailers. But yeah. movies started like I started finding myself remembering way too much of the trailer. And remembering, oh, this person isn't gonna die because this part of the movie hasn't happened yet. And then sure enough, that 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 right. comes up. Like it, it just ruins the movie for me. So do, uh, what's it called? Uh, process of elimination. Process and all of elimination. That can do. Yeah. yeah, which I don't which like will doing that. the movie for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and the fact that trailers have gone from like a minute fifteen to around two minutes and thirty seconds, um, you're showing a lot more of the film. So right. it, it gets ruined for me now. Like, I just don't even watch it anymore. But I purposefully tried not to watch the trailer for this movie when it was coming out. And mm. before I could even get to the theaters, someone went to go see it and they ruined it for me. Right. So I said, well, that's that's that, you know. So, yeah, I... um. That's probably the only reason why I would not say that it's my top five because of this, the that that shocking element was I never got to feel that with this movie, um, right? But I think that that in terms of acting, I have to put it in that top ten for his film, uh, uh, for his, over his filmography. I have to, I have to say that. Yeah, yeah, because that well, that was that was well done. This definitely was one of uh, Scorsese's most successful films, though. Um, people liked it. Yeah, yeah, you and know, you had, you had to go back and watch it a couple of times just to get everything from it. Right, right. Um, yeah, it was number one at the box office, you know, when it was re- released. And uh, actually, I think this was at the time one of his highest-grossing films in his whole filmography. So. Um, it's definitely not a movie that that you can just dismiss. Yeah. Um, the average score for it, I'm looking at online, uh, as far as the cinema score, uh, was a C plus. So you know, it, it definitely left room C plus. for. It, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was it was you know. Average. It was pretty average, which I agree with. You know, it, this this was not the best movie of 2010. I can pretty much tell you that now. <laughs> it's in my job. I gotta look and see what other movies came out in 2010. I, I can't even remember. Yeah, well, let's let's you know let's just, let's check it out. But um, you know, I I I recommend it if you under certain circumstances. If you just like psychological thrillers, then uh, check it out. You know, check it out. And if you just and if you're into uh, Scorsese and DiCaprio. If that's if that's your bag, then check it out. But Ooh. yeah, it's, Inception came out in 2010. That was also DiCaprio. That was a beautiful movie. Yeah, Black Swan, Kick Ass, King's Speech, Book of Eli. Yeah, okay, I I agree with you. This was not. That was definitely had, the best it, of 2010. It had competition. It definitely had competition. It the town, competition. the town that which oh, the I, town was 2000. That's right. Yeah, That's which right. I which I actually just watched that last week again too. That that oh man. 210. Yeah, the town did come out in 210. That to me was uh, not only the best one of the best movies of the, of the year, 
because I don't really know every movie from from that from that, from that time off the top of my head, but I do remember that one. That I, that was one of the best movies I saw that year, and I would even go so far to say that was the best uh, the best Ben Affleck movie he ever did. That's his, that's his that was a movie. turning point for him for me. And he directed that movie. Yeah, that was a turning point for him, uh, in my opinion, because after that, that's when he did uh, Gone Girl, and um, mm-hmm. what was that other movie he did? Um, God, I forget what it was, but I think there was another movie he came out with after, after Gone Girl that that was very well done too. He right. uh, he 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 did a turn at that point, and and the town was it for me. That was that was right. his turning point because before that, his movies were really kind of trash. He was slumping. He, he was, was slumping a lot. Yeah. Before that, the town did bring him back. Yeah. Well, Goodwill um, Hunting. It, it, he was in Goodwill Hunting as well, but. Shit, that was so many years that was before. So, I know. <laughs> that was it. I mean, the shit. That's the movie. That's how we we introduced to Affleck and yeah. Matt Damon. Actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We met them through that movie. But. Yeah. No, after Goodwill Hunting, man, uh, Affleck had a couple of decent ones, which I can't think of now. Daredevil um, was good, just oh. because I was a comic book fan. No, um, you and your own on that one. <laughs> no, no, I, I know that's not a popular opinion because a lot of people say that, that was a trash movie. I don't think it was trash. I think that it was good for its time. But uh, was one of the worst movies. I don't know what year that movie came out, but that's definitely one of the worst of that year. That had to be around oh. like oh two, I think. <laughs> I don't that movie even make it to theaters because I think yes. that motherfucker went straight to DVD. I mean, video, right? I think. Oh, I think it was in theaters. Cause that was around the time where where comic book movies were coming out, um, and, they were more and that popular. Was, was considered one of the worst. One of the, that was one of the first ones that got shitted on. That, that one, did. And, uh, yeah, yeah. And that Hulk, that Incredible Hulk. Uh, oh, shit yeah. With, uh, Norton. Oh, that was 03. Yeah. Oh man, bro, that movie. That <laughs> look, man. That was absolute garbage. I don't even know how that got put out like that but yeah. yeah that um Ben Affleck did do a turn with uh with the with the town so if 210 was was uh Shutter Island and the town I and would Inception take any given day of the week Inception was that's Christopher Nolan Inception was not one of my favorites actually I'm gonna be honest with you I walked away okay Inception was a better movie than Shutter Island mm-hmm. but it had similar. I had similar feelings walking away with Inception. It was Inception was just a cold movie, you know what I mean? It was, but most of Christopher, Christopher Nolan's shit, you don't really get any. You don't really tap into any, any emotion from his shit, you know. There's yeah. not much humanity, yeah. so to speak, in his in his work. Yeah. He tried to do it in one of those Batman movies. He tried to. I think it was the one with uh, uh, Hathaway. The yeah, one that was the third one. Yeah, the third one. Dark Knight I, Rises. Yeah, he 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 tried to take more of a sentimental approach in that one. It yeah. didn't work though. It didn't. But um, but no, I, I didn't I didn't care for Inception. I didn't care for really. Inception. I loved it. Absolutely. I didn't, well, loved it. put it like this: I didn't love it. I didn't dislike it though. And I'll watch it again if I, it ever if, if opportunity because it's DiCaprio. Mm-hmm. But there was a there was a lot that it left me wanting from that movie. You know. It was layered to me. Well, also remind, just to remind you, I am a, a huge Matrix fan, and that's mm-hmm. what it put me in the mind of in terms of like going into another realm. 
Um, so that was, I think that's probably why. Um, that was that was just a good movie to me. Really okay. good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, 210, if you're telling me, and I haven't did the Wikipedia of the movies that came out in 210, but um, if you're saying that, that the town was 210, which I'm pretty sure it was, yeah. I would take this one. The Social Network, Black, Black Swan. Social Network was pretty good, but it wasn't it wasn't the best of 210. No, it definitely oh, wasn't the best. Oh, uh, wait a minute, The Fighter. The Fighter was the good. Fighter was yeah, that the was one of my favorite. Winter Bone. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you saw that. That was the movie that kind of put Jennifer Lawrence out there. Mm-hmm. Book of Eli. I didn't care for Book of Eli. Really? I didn't care for that one. We also got Unstoppable that year. Another Denzel Washington uh, drop. Yeah, uh, I don't. I don't think that was one of my favorites. That wasn't. I didn't need it. I didn't need it. It was some simple. It was almost like a damn lifetime movie. Almost. Yeah, just right with Queen Latifah. <laughs> I passed. I passed. Hey, a funny one from two ten. Date night. Date that night was. was Date night was hilarious. That was a good one. That was kind of underrated, in my opinion. Um, Blue Paris Valentine. I never saw that one. Blue Valentine. I saw that. It was you know if you're into intense drama, love drama, you know. That was a real dramatic piece right there. Uh, I'm just flipping through 210, man. Yeah, uh, Iron Man 2. As I look at it, as I look at 210 from what I see so far, I will say, yeah, The Town was the better movie that year. I think so. Tron Legacy came out that year. Remember that shit? Oh, that was garbage. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that was garbage. Yeah. Yeah, man, Shutter Island. As we, it's, it's up to now, and I never really understood the um, going back to Shutter Island as we as we wrap this one up. I didn't really understand the damn band aid that was on his on the on the right side of his head the entire movie. I don't know what the hell that was. That a band aid? Was that a bro? You know what? I, I don't. Maybe. I, well, never mind. Because when you get lobotomized, that goes through the eyes, right? So that wouldn't. I wouldn't know. That wouldn't have anything to do with that. <laughs> but yeah, there was a, like a little piece of tape or a band-aid or something I've, on his head. Yeah. The entire damn movie. And I and from the time it started to the time it ended almost, I wanna say. It was and I there. don't know why. Yeah. That is I, that is a that is a good point. So that was a tick in the movie that irritated me. Like, why the fuck is this shit on his head? Like what is, <laughs> where is it trying to So yeah. Yeah. That, that so anyway, is... uh all right, folks, that was 2010 Shutter Island. Uh, Derek loved it. So um, on that, I, I would recommend it as, as one of Derek's movies that y'all should go see. Me, um, it's only catch it if it's, if it's necessary to your uh, Leonardo DiCaprio fetishes or your Martin Scorsese fetishes. Go ahead and catch it you know, if you haven't saw it. And you're fans of those guys, but there are other psychological thrillers to check out before this one um oh yeah i would say that too you know i would and for, for instance uh i would say if you haven't seen put it like this if you haven't seen six Sense, which i'm sure half the world has seen mm-hmm. if you haven't seen six Sense, check that one out oh first. yeah almost oh, definitely get around to that 
get you that'll hold give you a standard on what a great psychological thriller is, and then check out everything else, including this one. But yeah, I would agree you with know, that. You know, but hey, you know, it was great acting though. Great acting from DiCaprio. Great acting from Mark Ruffalo. Great Most acting definitely. from Ben Kingsley. Uh, Michelle Williams was 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 really good. This was a good. Um, a good a good demonstration of, of acting talent as always you're gonna find in Scorsese but it just left me a lot uh left a lot to be desired as far as stories concerned yeah so that's that anything else you got for us today D? nothing I could think of man next week and uh guys I promise you man we are gonna be uh, it's my fault it's not Derek's fault man my my life is 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 the mess and the storm that it is so <laughs> Uh, it does make it challenging to 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 keep that that Thursday uh, recording date, but uh, I believe definitely give us a little time, and and this year we're going to be more consistent with having these ready for y'all on Friday. So coming up on that note, Derek, uh, I mentioned earlier, I want y'all to check out 1991's The Super. I watched it with my son. Uh, well, I watched it myself for the for the first time in like shit since '91. I was oh. ten years old when that movie came out. <laughs> um, I watched it for the first time <clears throat> last week. Saw it again with my son. He liked it. Um, so I think it's something that you guys might discover because I'm sure a lot of people haven't seen it. So check it out, man. It's it's a discovery, and there's a lot of social commentary I want to bring to the table with that one. Okay. So it's 1991's The Super, starring Joe Pesci. I want to talk about that next uh, next podcast. Yes, sir. All right. Yes, sir. All right, man. Well, another one for the books, D. Most I definitely. Appreciate you. appreciate you, bro. Appreciate you, man. All right. We all have a good one. Until next time, No Chase Film Society, the podcast, man. Go watch a movie or something, all right?